Welcome to Pick Your Path, a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. This is episode two, You Are an Agent of Crash, written by me, Andrew Lindy. It's a classic spy story where you are searching for a deadly assassin and must look out for traps, double agents, and poor decisions. Our theme song was done by Christopher Wrigley of Bunhouse Jingles. You can commission more jingles from him at customjingles.net. Our logo was done by Wayne Jansen. You can find more of his art at waynejansenart.com. Dot com. That's Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N. This podcast was created and edited by Matt Benson and is narrated by Matt Hawley. If you know how a Choose Your Own Adventure enhanced podcast works, just go straight to chapter one. If you like instructions, stick around. And if you're looking for a parent's guide, then skip to parent's guide or keep listening after the instructions. This is an enhanced podcast, which means it is broken up into chapters. At the end of each chapter, you'll be presented with a choice. To pick that choice, simply skip to that chapter. In iTunes, the chapters control is under the control heading. The podcast's app on iOS devices, like an iPhone, will allow you to skip to any chapter. Tap on chapters, and then choose a chapter. If you're an Android user, the VLC app allows you to skip to any chapter. In the VLC app, simply tap the options button, the three dots. Tap the arrow next to Go to Chapter and select a chapter. Most other Android apps don't read chapters in an enhanced podcast file. An audiobook file will also be available for download at benviewnetwork.com slash audiobook. Hi, if you're listening to this, that means uh, you, you might have a child who you would like to hear this episode, but you're, you're not sure what might be in it, so we're going to give you a heads up and tell you what you can expect uh, if you're for listening with a child. This is I would say this is our most explicit episode. Well, uh, certainly in the sense of violence. Yeah. Uh, there, there I mean, are, it's a spy story. There are fight scenes. There are, are scenes of gunplay, yeah. uh, shooting. Uh, you as the main character have and handle and fire a gun. Uh, you get into fist fights. People die. People do die. Uh, and uh, but but nothing is gory. I didn't write anything in a Nothing gory is way. gory. I would say picture this, and maybe this is wrong, but mm. picture this as like a uh, 60s James Bond movie, but without the sex, yeah. without the swearing, uh, and without the alcohol. Uh, yeah. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there is a mention of a club yeah. that they go to. Uh, there is one brief mention of, of, uh, of cigarettes existing in the universe. But no one smokes them. No one smokes them. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, of the various deaths that happen, I mean, you get shot, you get stabbed, you fall. Yeah. Uh, but nothing is described in any kind of gory detail. Yeah. Uh, everything is just, uh, exactly what it is. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. So if that sounds like something, uh, you, you can enjoy with your child, uh, enjoy the show. If not, we'll see you next month.
Chapter 1 The CIA has called you in to work on a special task force known as Crash. Citizens recruited against spy hunters. Your boss, Sanders Thompson, has chosen you for your skills in disguise and undercover work. He is sitting behind his desk, reviewing files when you enter. Agent, I'm glad you're here. I've already lost three good operatives going after the spy hunter, the Kraken. He is the one who took out Lockington a few months ago. You nod gravely. After Lockington was killed in action, Crash was only able to trace his assassin's whereabouts to the Franklin Club. We believe the Kraken is working for a mysterious benefactor. We prefer you take the Kraken in alive. I'll let you review the files. I want you out of here looking for him today. He hands you several folders, packed with information. You thank him and go to your office. Although there is no clear picture of the Kraken, you would be able to recognize him. After reading the files, you believe the Kraken could be hiding in a house at Chesapeake Beach. You've also noticed an associate of the Kraken named Jorge Gemini Jimenez has been spotted at the DC Aquarium recently. Thirdly, you recognize the weapon he used to kill spies as custom made, and by someone who has acted as an informant for Crash before. To go to the beach house. Skip to chapter 2. To go to the DC Aquarium. Skip to chapter 29. To go to the weapons manufacturer. Skip to chapter 74. Chapter 2. You reach the beach house by mid-afternoon. It's a two-story right on the sand. There is one car in the driveway. You're dressed like a beach bum so as to not draw attention to yourself. You sit on a sandy dune and use the zoom view on your communicator. While pretending to be watching the waves, you glance over into the windows of the beach house. You spy a woman with dark hair on the bottom floor. She is sitting in a chair with her back to you. You could knock on the door and make an excuse to ask her some questions, or you could wait to see if anyone else arrives. To knock on the door, skip to chapter 4. To wait and see if anyone else arrives, skip to chapter 3. Chapter 3 The woman remains seated as you watch intently for any suspicious activity. What do you think you're doing? A mother and child have walked up the sand dune and spotted you snooping on the house. The mother snatches the communicator from your hands. You should be ashamed of yourself. Get out of here. The mother swings her purse at you, and you deftly roll under the attack and down the dune. You sprint for cover behind a nearby beach hut. You can still hear the mother yelling, and you hope she does not pursue. You don't see the mother and child anywhere. You decide it is safe to approach the beach house. You go up to the front door and knock. There is no answer. Excuse me, sir, a voice behind you asks. You turn around to see it as a police officer. I received a call about a peeping Tom at this residence. Would you happen to know anything about that? Before you can answer, the officer already has you in cuffs. He does not care to see your ID and tells you to save it for someone who cares. You spend the night in jail and are released the next morning by your boss. Fine mess you got yourself in. We lost another agent last night, and the Kraken was killed. We'll never find out the identity of his partner. You're off the case. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 4 
You approach the beach house door and knock. There is no answer. You are certain you saw a woman in the house. You can try to break in or check the car in the driveway. To break in by picking the lock, go to chapter 5. To check the car, go to chapter 16. Chapter 5 You slip the lock pick into the doorknob, but find the door unlocked. You carefully open the door and check the front room. Slowly, you check down the hall and into the kitchen. The beach house is well decorated. Dirty dishes in the sink and sandy shoe prints prove that someone was recently in the house. There is a stairwell in the living room, and one door on the first floor is closed. You realize this door leads to the room where the woman was sitting. To go upstairs, skip to chapter 12. To check the closed door, skip to chapter 6. Chapter 6 You put your ear to the door and hear nothing. You check the knob and it's unlocked. You ready your gun and swing open the door, sweeping your weapon across your sight. In the middle of the room is a woman, tied to a chair. She appears unconscious. Her mouth is gagged and her arms and legs are tied to the wooden chair. You don't recognize her. You pull the gag from the woman's mouth and shake her violently. She stirs slightly but is still knocked out. Miss! Hello, please wake up. You whisper urgently at her. You use your communicator to scan the woman's face and search the crash database for any information on her. After a minute, the screen displays a more clear image of her face. She is listed as an agent of Bang, British ambassadors negating gangsters. She is identified as Pippa, no last name. Her organization is similar to yours, but they are based out of the British Isles. She begins to move slowly, She's waking up in a daze. You're not sure why she's being held here, but she is a capable secret agent and could help you on your mission if you free her. You hear the front door open and close. Time is short. You could free Pippa immediately so she can help you take on the kidnapper, or you could leave her tied up and surprise whoever has kidnapped her by hiding behind the door. To free Pippa, skip to chapter 8. To hide, skip to chapter 7. Chapter 7 You decide it is best to remain hidden from Pippa's captor in order to surprise him when he enters the room. You get in the space behind the door and slow your breathing. The man comes bursting in and seems relieved that Pippa is still tied up. He walks up to her deliberately and slaps her in the face. She immediately wakes, but doesn't notice you. The kidnapper asks Pippa with a thick Hispanic accent, Hey, who else knows? Pippa doesn't answer. She seems focused internally on something else. I'm not going to ask you again. He asks again. Who else knows you are here? <laughs> At this, you see the man reach into his jacket. In a flash, Pippa falls backwards, breaking the chair. She rolls back, and when she comes up, she's holding one of the chair legs as a weapon. She swings it at the kidnapper's head, causing him to fall to the side. She lifts up the chair leg to smash down on his head when she finally notices you. Who? She says before being interrupted by a gunshot. The man fired while she was distracted. A clean shot to her chest. As she slumps over on the floor, you reach for your gun. You pull it out and fire at the man. You're certain you hit him, but he reacts quickly, firing back. As everything goes dark around you, you can only wonder if anyone will make it out of this room alive.
This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 8 You remove the ropes holding Pippa to the chair. You explain quickly, I'm an agent of Crash, and I've been looking for the crack. You see her eyes light up when you mention your bounty. Let's get ready to take on your captor. She nods and goes to hide behind the door. You stand out of immediate view of the door and ready your pistol. You hear the footsteps come to the door and then it opens. An older Hispanic man enters the room. Freeze! You shout. He reaches for a hidden weapon. You can shoot or you can allow Pippa to knock him unconscious. To shoot, go to chapter 9. To let Pippa knock the kidnapper out, go to chapter 10. Chapter 9 You react quickly and fire out three shots before the man can even raise his gun. He drops to the floor with a loud thud. You turn to Pippa, expecting some form of thanks, but she looks shocked. Before you can ask her what's wrong, she begins rifling through the man's pockets. You see her take out his wallet. You holster your weapon and approach Pippa to collaborate about your next move. Anything useful on him? Yeah, she replies, sounding distracted. Look, I'm sure you're good at what you do, but I don't have time for a person with an itchy trigger finger. You look at her incredulously as she brings up a small spray can to your face. You try not to breathe the mist entering your nostrils, but fail. You slowly lose consciousness and hit the ground. The last thing you see is Pippa leaving the room. When you wake up, you're in a hospital bed. A nurse appears at your side, checking your vitals. Before you can say a word, she hands you a letter. It reads, Agent, this is our last contact. Your mission was sabotaged by an agent of brain, and she killed the Kraken. It has come to our attention that you cannot handle yourself in the field, and we are revoking all of your privileges. You will be relocated and given a new identity. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 10 You pause for just a moment, and Pippa more than adequately knocks out the large man. She holds him on the floor with a knee at the back of his neck, and his arms behind him. She motions for you to bring some of the rope that bound her. You do and tie the man's wrists. Your communicator vibrates and you answer it. Urgent, Jamar has been captured at the DC Aquarium. We're currently interrogating him. Do you have any updates? You feel your boss in on the attacker. Well, let me have a look at him. Sanders commands. You point the communicator at the man on the floor. Sanders runs a search on the man. By the mountains of Mars. That's Francisco Jimenez. He was known as the monk before he was killed in Guatemala. Well, my castle didn't die after all. That's the connection. Gemini is a son. Oh, I'm proud of you, Agent. I'll call if there's an update on Gemini. You hang up the communicator and face Pippa. She's now holding a set of keys and pocketing a wallet. She looks at you with the utmost seriousness. You really helped me out here, but I don't see why we need to continue to work together. She seems like she has an agenda, like she knows where to go now. You question her. Wait, I don't remember any shared intel about a bang agent being here right now. Are you Black Ops, or are you operating outside of the rules? 
Pippa looks away. She isn't supposed to be here. No, all right, you've caught me. If my drawer's down, yeah. I wasn't sure if I could trust you, but the fact that you didn't tell your boss I was here gave me a good feeling about you. You seem to understand the situation, Wayne. Well, if I can trust you, we can work together to get the Kraken. But no one knows I'm here, and all of my information is redacted from your brain. You have to make a decision. You can either trust Pippa to lead you to the Kraken, or stick within your own agency and leave Pippa out of your mission. To trust Pippa and join her, skip to Chapter 18. To tell Pippa you can't trust her and go your separate ways, skip to Chapter 11. Chapter 11 You gravely shake your head, indicating that even though you are a spy, your loyalty lies with your agency, and any information she shares with you will go to your boss. Oh, I thought as much, Pippa mumbles before turning and spraying a fine mist in your face. She has covered her mouth with a small rag. Sorry, chap, but I can't let the Kraken escape me again. She runs from the room. You immediately cough, trying to get the dry mist out of your lungs. Your eyes feel heavy, and your breathing becomes deep. You try to fight the darkness, but you can only sleep. When you wake up, you recognize the private recovery room of Crash. A nurse appears at your side, checking your vitals. Before you can say a word, she hands you a letter. It reads, Agent, this is our last contact. Your mission was sabotaged by an agent of Bang, and she killed the Kraken. It has come to our attention that you cannot handle yourself in the field and we are revoking all your privileges. You will be relocated and given a new identity. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 12 Creeping up the stairs, you make sure not to have a squeaky step. There are two doors upstairs. One to the right, and one to the left. The door to the right is open and the door to the left is closed. To go to the right, skip to chapter 13. To go to the left, skip to chapter 23. Chapter 13. You walk through the open door and see a simple room. There is a twin bed, a dresser, and a doorway to a small bathroom. You notice this bed is made, and there is dust on the dresser. The view out the window faces away from the beach. Before you can investigate further, you hear a door open and close downstairs. You can hide or escape through the window. To hide, skip to chapter 14. To escape through the window, skip to chapter 15. Chapter 14 there is just enough space under the bed for you to fit. When you turn around to get under the bed, you knock over a lamp. It crashes to the floor, but you can't be certain it was heard downstairs. You scramble under the bed and calm your breathing to a near silence. Footsteps carry up the stairs. They are deliberate and careful. You see the intruder enter the bedroom and walk right up to the bed. His shoes are inches away from your face. Just at that moment, your communicator vibrates. You're not such a good spy, bub. The strong Hispanic voice barks. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1.
Chapter 15 You open the window and shimmy out onto the ledge. You spot some low bushes and decide to make the jump. You land with a soft thud and roll away from the house. You realize it's no use trying to surprise whoever is in the house. Your last hope of catching them is hiding in the car and hoping to surprise them there. Skip Chapter 16 Chapter 16. The passenger door to the jeep is unlocked. You take a moment to check the glove compartment. There's a knife, the car's documents, and an atlas. The car is a rental, and you can tell the registered name is a fake. The atlas has a page you're marked. You turn to it and find a location circled. The Franklin Club. You're fairly certain this is no accident. You grab the knife and hide in the back seat, ready to surprise whoever comes. You keep an eye on the front door for anyone approaching. A few minutes pass. You notice someone coming towards the door. They sit in the front passenger seat, and you pull the knife on them, taking them by surprise. It's a woman. Who are you? You demand. I'll never clue you in. She has a British accent. You notice she has a rope tied on one wrist. And you'll be regretting this. She reaches with both hands to push the knife away from her neck. She's strong, but she holds steady. Wait, you're the woman inside the house. Were they holding you there? You ask. Don't play dumb, Charlie. You're in league with them. She insists. I came here after an enemy of the American government known as the Kraken. If they were holding you hostage, maybe you could help me out. You offer. I don't think you get it. I'm not just going to trust any Johnny who thinks he knows me. I'm going to get the guy who did this and anyone who stands in my way. Are you with me or are you against me? She asks. She seems intent on taking this car and going somewhere. Maybe she knows where the Kraken is and is going to get him. Or this could be a trick. You have to decide if you'll trust her. To go with her and help her, skip to chapter 19. To refuse help until you have information, skip to chapter 17. Chapter 17 you slowly shake your head and answer her. Look, I don't even know your name, or what side you're on. You're interrupted by the woman finally overtaking your hold on the knife and turning it on you. Sorry, love, she says before stabbing you in the gut and punching you square in the jaw. As you pass out, you realize you're being pushed out of the car. You hear the car pull away before fully blacking out. You wake up in a hospital bed. A nurse comes to tend to you as you take in the situation. She hands you a letter. It reads, Agent, it looks like you almost didn't make it. From what we could tell, an agent of the British group Bang went rogue and attacked you before going after the Kraken. She unfortunately killed him. Our mission is a bust, and I'm putting you on forced leave. I suggest you find new employment within a year. I had high hopes for you, Agent. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 18 You make up your mind to trust this woman. She's clearly on your side and is after the Kraken. You nod and she smiles. Great. Now I found an address in his wallet. We should go there and check it out. You agree and follow Peppa to the jeep outside. This was his, but I think we can borrow it. She jokes. After 30 minutes of driving, Pippa parks the car. 
That's our place, the Franklin Club. Oh, you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. You both look over the building. Pippa points up to the third floor. There, a small window at the top of that fire escape. The Kraken would probably hide at the top of the building, away from all the riffraff. That's our way in. You consider for a minute, and then offer your own theory. Or, we could split up and each take an entrance. Eventually, he'll have to go through one of them. Pippa nods. Not bad. Well, you've been tracking him. I'll let you make the call. To climb the fire escape to enter the third story window. Skip to chapter 20. To split up and watch the front entrance. Skip to chapter 21. To split up and watch the back entrance. Skip to chapter 22. Chapter 19. You consider your words carefully. I think, given our circumstances, we're on the same side. You take the knife away from her throat. What's the plan, miss? Well, I found an address on me, Captain. We're going to go there and wait for the Kraken, she says and starts the car. And you can call me Pippa. As she drives, your communicator vibrates. You answer. Agents, we've captured Jorge Geminar Jimenez at the DC Aquarium. We're interrogating him now. What's your status? You look at Pippa, and she gives you a strained look. You take a few liberties with the story of how you are going after the Kraken now, being careful to leave out Pippa. Well, I can see you've been busy. Good job, Sanders proclaims. Let me know if you need backup. Sanders out. Your communicator goes dark. Pippa parks the car in a lot down the street from the Franklin Club. He's in there? You ask. Yes, or he will be. I think he'd prefer the safest room, probably up there. She points at a small window, right above the rickety fire escape. We can get up there and lie wait for him. You're not sure if that's a very safe idea. You come up with another. We could split up and watch the front and back exits. Pippa thinks for a moment. Oh, that's not a bad idea either. Alright, I'll let you call the shot. To scale the fire escape and wait in the third story room, skip to chapter 20. To split up and watch the front entrance, skip to chapter 21. To split up and watch the back entrance, skip to chapter 22. Chapter 20. You decide to climb the fire escape to the third story window. Pippa believes that if the Kraken is hiding at the Franklin Club, He'll be up there. She gives you a boost up the ladder. When you climb up, you lower the ladder so she can follow. You climb the steps carefully, keeping low to avoid being seen. From the ground, the window appeared accessible from the top of the fire escape. Once you reach the top, you realize you'll have to stand on the railing to even reach the window. Pippa hops up without hesitation, forces the window open, and shimmies inside. She looks out, notices your reticence, and encourages you. Oh, what, you've suddenly got vertigo? Come on. Her words strengthen your resolve, and you clamber onto the railing. Once your shoe hits the rail, you slip. As you fall backwards, you reach out for the fire escape. For anything, you expel all the air from your lungs, screaming as you fall to the hard earth. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1.
Chapter 21 You decide to watch the front entrance and let Pippa stake out the back. You sync up communicators so you can alert each other to any danger. You sit across the street at a bench near some newspaper stands. After dropping some coins in the slot, you retrieve a paper and take up your post. The front page story is about how Pearl Peninsula, a local theme park, is being renovated by a new owner. Every few minutes, you glance up at the top floor of the Franklin Club to make sure the light is still on in the room where you believe the Kraken is hiding. After an hour has passed, you check in on Pippa. Pippa, any movement? You hear a few gunshots, and then the crackle of Pippa's voice. Agent, oh, I almost had him. Come help. You rush from your post into the back alley behind the Franklin Club. Pippa is already chasing down the Kraken, and you follow her with a trail of blood. The trail goes around a corner, where you find Pippa, hiding behind a dumpster. She beckons you to get low, and then points to a fence across the street. She clearly means that the Kraken is hiding there, but Pippa doesn't look in too good of shape. Don't worry about me, she says, noticing your eyes on her wound. Stopping him is what my whole life has been about. You run for the fence, and leap over it in a single movement. The Kraken is tight against the fence. You aim your pistol at him, and he sees he has no way out. You finally caught him. You call for Sanders for backup, and ask that he sends a medical unit for Pippa. The next day, while you're being debriefed, Sanders tells you that Pippa didn't make it. She lost too much blood. All you can remember are her final words to you. She was a true agent to the end. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 22 You'll feel better if you watch the back door, and Pippa watches the front. Down the alleyway is a service entrance for the Franklin Club. You take up a position behind a dumpster. You hope the smell doesn't attach itself to you. You realize that from this angle, you can't see the top floor of the club to watch for movement through the window. After about an hour, your communicator crackles. He's coming down. I saw the light go out. Pippa whispers urgently. You ready your aim at the back door. After a tense few minutes, a man in a dark suit walks out, followed by an older man in a lighter suit. That must be the Kraken. You approach without being seen and shoot the man in the dark suit to wound him. As he goes down, the Kraken pulls out a pistol and fires a few shots your way. You feel a bullet graze your arm. Before you can fire back, you see someone else has shot the Kraken. This is for my mother. You hear Pippa shout as she empties her gun into the Kraken's chest. You call for a cleanup crew and get ready to explain yourself to the local authorities. The next day, you are debriefed. The British agent who worked with you is going off book. Their agency took her off the force a few months ago. But apparently she's been doing work on her own. Sanders explains. You'll have to take some time off yourself. For your arm to heal, of course. When you get back, we can look into the Kraken's network. Since he's gone now. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 23 you use your lockpick and enter the door on the left. The room appears to be an office. There is a small closet in the corner of the room. A monitor on top of the desk is turned off. 
there are various papers strewn about the desk. There is a name that appears on several of them. Lockington. That was Crash's best agent to be killed by the Kraken. You also knew him well. You read a few of the papers trying to piece together what they mean. Most are receipts and financial accounts. It looks like Lockington had a secret stash of money and the Kraken is trying to get it through counterfeiting documents. You scan a few with your communicator to bring back to HQ. As you are sorting through the papers on the desk, you knock over a paperweight with a thud. Just then, you hear footsteps on the stairs. You could hide in the closet, or under the desk. To hide in the closet, skip to chapter 25. To hide under the desk, skip to chapter 24. Chapter 24 Under the desk is a tight fit, but you've trained yourself for tighter situations. The footsteps go into the room across the way first. You hear that door close. Your eyes adjust to the darkness under the desk. You shift around to see if there's any secret compartments. When you turn your back to get a better look, your shoulder brushes up against a switch. A loud alarm screeches through the room. You reach for your gun, but in such tight quarters, you can't reach it. You look up into the face of a Hispanic man, and down the barrel of his gun. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 25 You're able to leave the closet door open just enough for you to peek out and have your pistol ready. It sounds like the footsteps are going into the room across the way. You hear that door close. You can see the hallway doorknob turn when suddenly a crash comes from downstairs. You hear the footsteps quickly descend the stairs. You come out of hiding. You can now investigate the documents on the desk further, or you can follow the intruder downstairs. To investigate the desk, skip to chapter 27. To go downstairs, skip to chapter 26. Chapter 26 You check outside the door and see that this floor is clear. You head down the stairs, keeping your eyes forward for any movement on the first floor. You hear fighting going on somewhere. Between grunting, you hear wood smashing and fists hitting walls. There is a final thump once you reach the bottom of the stairs. Footsteps sprint out the front door. You hear the jeep rev up and drive away. Out of curiosity, you go to check the room where the fighting occurred. You see a large Hispanic man on the floor, knocked out. The woman must have beat him up. From the strewn chair parts and rope, you're guessing she was his captive. Your communicator vibrates. Urgent! Sanders barks. Wilco was able to capture Gemini at the aquarium. You should come back to headquarters to help interrogate him. You confirm and turn to leave the room. Your leg is caught on something. It's the man on the floor. He has grabbed your leg. Hey, you have my son! He shouts. I'll have to take you to trade. He pulls you to the ground, which knocks the air out of your lungs. Before you can breathe again, he has a gun on you. He ties you up and takes your communicator. He's able to contact Sanders and make the deal. That evening, you are taken out of the beach house with a bag over your head. You're not sure where, but at least an hour's drive away, you finally step out of the car. The bag is pulled off your head, 
and you see Sanders across the way with Gemini. You and Gemini pass each other. Once you reach Sanders, he unties you. You may have botched this, Agent, but Wilco was able to follow a lead on the Kraken. Go back to base and I'll debrief you in the morning. Sanders commands. The next day, you walk into Sanders' office. He looks disappointed. Wilco was able to find the Kraken at the Franklin Club, thanks to Gemini's information. But the Kraken... Well, the Kraken was dead. We believe he was killed by a rogue British agent. Next time, don't get kidnapped. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 27 You return to the desk and begin to put together a more clear picture of what the Kraken was doing with Lockington's money. Besides stealing it, he's also laundering the money through the Franklin Club. You carefully feel under the desk for catches and grooves. Your finger stops on a button. You recognize from its placement that it is a panic button, probably attached to an alarm. You continue checking the desk and find no secret compartments. You hear a fight going on downstairs. As you listen, you hear a loud thud, and then the fighting is done. Then you hear the jeep in the driveway start up. You look out the window and see the jeep drive away. You bound down the stairs, two steps at a time, and you realize you can't catch up to the driver. You could check out the scene of the fight, or you could go after the Franklin Club lead. To check the fight scene for clues, skip to chapter 106. To go after the Franklin Club lead, skip to chapter 28. Chapter 28 You decide it's best to go immediately after the Franklin Club lead. On the drive to the club, Sanders calls to tell you that Gemini has revealed the Kraken will be at the Franklin Club tonight for one final deal before leaving the country. Your lead turned out to be golden. When you arrive, you park down the street so you can case the club. There's a bouncer at the door, checking everyone before they can go in. If you go in the front way, you'll have to leave your gun behind. You notice a few people dressed as waiters going around to the back. You could easily disguise yourself as one of them and get in that way. Either way, you have to get inside and find the Kraken. To leave your weapons behind and go in the front entrance, skip to chapter 72. To disguise yourself as a waiter and take the kitchen entrance, skip to chapter 73. Chapter 29 The DC Aquarium is busy on this Friday afternoon. You have dressed as a tourist in a bright Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts. Families roam the floor looking at the glass enclosures. Jorge Gemini Jimenez is a stocky Hispanic man with a shaved head. When you enter the aquarium, a sign advertises the glowing jellyfish exhibit. The room housing these jellyfish would be busier, and the lights are dimmed to increase the glowing effect. Someone up to no good can easily hide there. You also spot Wilco, a fellow agent, buying a ticket to the 3D showing of seals of the Arctic. You might be able to rendezvous with him and team up to catch Gemini. To go to the jellyfish room, skip chapter 30. To attempt to meet up with the other agent, skip to chapter 40.
Chapter 30 It takes your eyes a few minutes to adjust to the darkness in the jellyfish room. The bioluminescent invertebrates mesmerize the tourists, but you keep your wits about you. No one in the room immediately jumps out to you as suspicious. You might have to wait around for a while. You notice an employee's only door in the corner of the room. To just simply wait, skip to chapter 31. To go to the employee's only door, skip to chapter 36. Chapter 31 You wait patiently in the jellyfish exhibit. You're not sure what you're waiting for, but you'll know it when you see it. You move closer and closer to the pane of glass between you and the jellyfish. You see your reflection and imagine yourself swimming with the creatures of the sea. In the reflection, you can see someone walking on the second level. It's hard to tell, but yes, it's Gemini. You can take the elevator up to the second story, or you could watch him and see where he goes. To take the elevator up, skip to chapter 32. To continue watching Gemini, skip to chapter 33. Chapter 32 The elevator is a glass tube that seems to travel through the aquarium exhibit. As soon as you enter the glass chamber, you realize you made a mistake. Gemini couldn't have been on the second floor. You see him exiting an employee's only door on the first floor. The glass elevator catches his eye, and he rushes over to stop the doors from closing. He must recognize you as an agent of Crash. He fails, and you think he will run. Instead, he raises his gun and fires two shots at you. You flinch, but realize he didn't hit you. You almost laugh at his poor aim before realizing what he has done. The cracking of the glass is quiet at first, and then deafening. Hundreds of thousands of gallons of water spill out of the aquarium walls and fill the elevator. As you fight the liquid, several of the jellyfish brush past you. You ignore it at first, until you have trouble breathing. A crowd of visitors gather around your watery tomb. Chapter 33 You move silently around the exhibit, keeping the man on the second story in your sights. It isn't Gemini. And that couldn't be more apparent to you when you see Gemini coming out of the door labeled Employees Only on the first floor. Your instinct is to immediately tackle him and capture him, but you can also follow him and maybe have a chance to take him quietly. To tackle Gemini, skip to chapter 34. To quietly follow him, skip to chapter 35. Chapter 34 Before Gemini can notice you, you sprint towards him. The force of you hitting him brings him down. He struggles, and you manage to get a few good punches in to subdue him. The security guard runs over and shouts for you to stop. You manage to show your badge, and the security guard helps you handcuff Gemini. You call for backup on your communicator to come pick up Gemini. The security guard is willing to hold Gemini in their detainee room. You could find Wilco and ask why he's here at the aquarium, or you could try to get Gemini to reveal where the Kraken is hiding. To find Wilco, skip to chapter 69. 
To interrogate Gemini, skip to chapter 66. Chapter 35 As you follow the assassin, you notice he is headed for the theater that Wilco went into earlier. Since he has an employee's badge, he enters the theater from a back entrance. You think Wilco is in trouble. You could discreetly look for Wilco in the theater, or perhaps a more drastic measure is necessary, such as pulling the fire alarm. To look for Wilco in the theater, skip to chapter 37. To pull a fire alarm, skip to chapter 39. Chapter 36. You decide to investigate the employee's only door. You notice an employee going inside and manage to catch the door before it closes. As you enter the corridor, you notice how silent it is behind the scenes. There are motivational posters on the walls and advertisements for upcoming attractions. To the right is a security room full of monitors. You look over the screens. The security guard stationed here is currently transfixed by a rerun of Bainbridge County on one of the screens. You notice Gemini on one of the screens. He's carrying a small stuffed animal and enters the restroom. When he exits a few moments later, he isn't carrying the stuffed animal. He must have hidden it there for some reason. The security guard turns around and notices you. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. I, I was looking for the bathroom, you explain. You know, surrounded by all this water, it, it can be a bit inspiring. She groans a bit and then directs you back down the hallway. You could comply and find your way to the restroom, or you could convince her to let you watch the security screens to see Gemini's next move. To check out the restroom, skip to chapter 59. To convince the employee to let you watch the security monitors, skip to chapter 65. Chapter 37 The lights in the theater dim. To find Wilco, you're going to have to do something drastic. You could pull the fire alarm. In the ensuing chaos, it'd be near impossible for Gemini to find Wilco. You could also use your communicator to take over the speakers in the theater and broadcast a secret code only Wilco knows. To pull a fire alarm, skip to chapter 39. To broadcast a code for Wilco, skip to chapter 42. Chapter 38 You grab a parachute and prepare to jump out of the blimp after Mr. Klepp. Brittany, I'm sorry you got dragged into this. You shout over the roar of the open hatch. This was the best day of my life. Like, oh my god, it's like I got sucked into a TV show. She replies. We'll meet up when the blimp lands on the White House lawn. You instruct her. Just make sure you catch that German spy. She commands. You nod and jump out of the blimp. Mr. Klimp had a head start, but you hold your arms against your body to fall more aerodynamically. Mr. Klimp pulls his chute and you do as well. The court comes loose from the parachute. It's a dud. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 39 
Down the hall, you find the nearest fire alarm. You pull the metal handle, and then dash away so you aren't noticed as the one who set off the alarm. The loud blaring sound makes it hard to focus, and combined with the masses pushing for the nearest exit, you have a hard time watching for Wilco and Gemini to exit the aquarium theater. You finally spot Wilco and wait for him. He notices you, and waves back. Then he starts shouting frantically. You can barely make out his shouting, BEHIND YOU! When you realize what he's shouting, you feel the pain between your shoulder blades, then again in your side. You fall to the ground and are then trampled by the exiting crowds. Gemini used the chaos to sneak up on you. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 40 You just miss Wilco before he enters the auditorium. You wait in line to buy a ticket. The theater room is large, and the lights are down. You scan the crowd for Wilco. You don't spot him, but you do see Gemini. He has entered through an employee's-only door. You could be searching for Wilco. If you try to capture Gemini, it'll blow your cover. You could find Wilco before Gemini does. And make sure he knows there is a threat present. If you attempt to capture Gemini, skip to chapter 41. If you keep looking for Wilco, skip to chapter 37. Chapter 41 You start moving towards Gemini, but he spots you. He runs past you and knocks you into some other tourists. You mumble some apologies, but an employee has noticed the commotion. Um, sir, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave this theater. He asks. But I was knocked down by that man who ran out of here. I think he was up to something. You plead. Alright. You can go to the security office and leave a description of the man, but you can't be in this theater anymore. He insists. Perhaps you can get some information from the security office. On the other hand, now that Gemini is gone, you can wait outside of the theater for Wilco. To go to the security desk, skip to chapter 52. To wait outside the theater for Wilco, skip to chapter 53. Chapter 42 You pull out your communicator and adjust the frequency to match the speaker system around you. You remember the last mission you had with Wilco, and the code phrase to indicate an immediate rendezvous. Where's the nearest taco temple? You ask calmly through your communicator. Moments later, it is broadcast through the entire theater. Some people look confused, and the employees seem alarmed. You see a man get out of his seat. It has to be Wilco. Before he makes it to the aisle, he suddenly slumps over and hits the ground. A woman near him screams. You see Gemini running for the exit. You can either go check on Wilco, or chase after Gemini. To go check on Wilco, skip to chapter 45. To chase after Gemini, skip to chapter 43. Chapter 43 
You catch up to Gemini in the parking structure. He has slowed down and slips between two cars. When you reach the opening, he throws a punch at you. You dodge, grabbing his arm and slam him into a car using his momentum. He falls and is dazed long enough for you to pull out your pistol. You crouch down and grab him by the collar of his shirt, holding him close. Where is the Kraken? Gemini takes a moment to focus his eyes on you and then laughs. Eh, why would I tell you? You smack him on the head with a pistol. Alright, alright, he'll be making a business transaction tonight at the Franklin Club. It's too bad your friend won't be there. <laughs> you realize he means Wilco. You hit Gemini hard enough to knock him out. You have to check if Wilco is alright. When you walk through the entrance of the aquarium again, you see paramedics putting Wilco on a stretcher face down. Since they are taking him in a body bag, you surmise that he is alive. You dial Sanders on your communicator to update him on the situation. Gemini attacked Wilco in public? Great Caesar's ghost! The Kraken must be trying to distract us from something else he's doing! We'll send some men to pick up Gemini. You're going to the Franklin Club tonight. If you want, you can talk to Wilco before you go. Maybe they'll have some information for you. To go to the Franklin Club, skip to chapter 44. To question Wilco at the hospital, skip to chapter 46. Chapter 44 You park a block away from the Franklin Club so you can scope it out. You size up the club and have a decision to make. If you go through the club the front way, you'll be searched by the bouncer and not be able to take your gun or any weapons in with you. You see several waiters and chefs entering the club through the back alley. You could disguise yourself as one of them and still be able to sneak your pistol in with you. To leave your weapons behind and go in the front entrance, skip to chapter 72. To disguise yourself as a waiter and take the kitchen entrance, skip to chapter 73. Chapter 45 You run over to help Wilco and see that he has been stabbed in the back. You help carry him to the first aid station until an ambulance can arrive. You flush your badge and manage to convince an employee named Brittany to let you check the security tapes. You quickly scan through the footage and see Gemini. He leaves the theater and goes out of an employee's only exit. You could ask to see the employee records and possibly learn more about Gemini. You might also want to follow Wilco to the hospital and ask why he was at the aquarium. To ask for Gemini's employee record, skip to chapter 47. To question Wilco at the hospital, skip to chapter 46. Chapter 46 After about an hour, you are allowed into Wilco's room at the hospital. He is sitting up in his bed with bandages across his chest. He is a bit dazed, but smiles when you enter the room. I knew spying was a hard business, but I didn't expect him to take backstabbing so literally. Wilco groans as he motions to his bandages. You insist that he rests, and tell him that Sanders sent you to ask some questions. You're curious why he was at the DC Aquarium. You're also wondering if Wilco had any previous connection to Gemini to prompt the attack. Go right ahead, what would you like to know? Wilco asks. To ask Wilco what he was doing at the DC Aquarium, skip to chapter 48. 
To ask Wilco if he had encountered Gemini before, skip to chapter 49. Chapter 47 I'm afraid I can't let you into those records without some kind of warrant, Brittany informs you. You really don't have time to argue and you realize this woman is simply doing her job. You realize that Gemini probably wouldn't have put any real information on his job application. You've wasted enough time. You should go see Wilco at the hospital and find out why he was at the aquarium. Skip to chapter 50. Chapter 48 You ask Wilco why he was at the DC Aquarium. That's the weird thing, he explains. I got a strange call this morning. It was on my secure line too, so I knew it could be trusted. But you won't believe me. You insist he tells you. The caller was Lockington. I knew his voice right away, and when I accused him of being a fraud using a voice modifier, he told me secrets. But he wanted to meet me in person at the aquarium. I was not expecting an attack. Maybe Gemini was looking to finish the job on Lockington, but decided to bag me instead. You take in this information carefully. Everyone thought Lockington was dead. You formulate a new theory. Lockington is alive, but might be in danger. Yeah, I, I traced the call though, Wilco adds. I got this address right here. He hands you a small slip of paper. It's a payphone right outside the Franklin Club, I think. At that moment, a nurse enters the room and asks for a moment with Wilco. You oblige by stepping out into the hall. The Franklin Club is a good lead to follow. You can also wait and ask more questions of Wilco. To go to the Franklin Club now, skip to chapter 51. To wait and ask more questions of Wilco, skip to chapter 50. Chapter 49 Had you encountered Gemini before? You ask Wilco. Now honestly, I don't think he was there for me. He answers. You can tell he has more to say. Go on. You prod him. Well, I was only at the DC Aquarium because I was meeting someone there. I think Gemini was there to kill him. You find it odd that he won't say who he was meeting. So you ask. Who were you meeting at the Aquarium? I'm only reluctant because I don't know if you'll believe me. He pauses, takes a breath, and continues. The call came from a phone booth near the Franklin Club. I doubt it was him at first. I was there with everyone else at the funeral, but he verified with some top secret information. So I went to meet him. But maybe Gemini was there to finish him off. Maybe he was, and maybe he wasn't. You say? Before you can elaborate, a nurse enters and asks for a moment with Wilco. You oblige and stand in the hallway. You could go after the Franklin Club lead now. You could also wait and ask Wilco a few more questions. To go to the Franklin Club, skip to chapter 51. To wait and ask Wilco more questions, skip to chapter 50. Chapter 50 you go to sit in the waiting room until the nurse exits. 
After a few minutes, you hear a scream and see several nurses and hospital workers running towards Wilco's room. You move that way yourself, but notice a man moving the opposite direction. It's Gemini. He is truly hard to catch. You head after him and he notices you. Both of you are now sprinting through the halls of the medical facility. He pushes over a gurney to block your way. You definitely leap over it. Gemini makes it out the doors when you catch up. He was nowhere to be seen. You walk out into the parking lot to see if he had a car waiting for him. You hear the room of an engine and suddenly a pair of headlights are on top of you. As you lay crippled on the pavement, you think maybe this was an accident. Until they run you over again. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 51 You park down the block from the Franklin Club so you aren't spotted. You notice a crowd is gathered in the back alley. Two men in suits are on the ground, bleeding. You recognize one of them as a Kraken. You ask someone what happened. I heard some gunshots and when I got out here I, I saw someone running down that way. He points down the alleyway. Someone already called an ambulance. You call up Sanders on your communicator and inform him of the bad news. Hmm. We'll have to look into that shooter agent. We were also able to capture Gemini when he made another attempt on Woko's life. Maybe he'll be able to give us some information. For now, come back to headquarters. This mission is over. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 52 You ask the woman at the information desk if you could talk to someone in security. She types at her computer for a moment, and then looks up at you. Certainly. Right this way. She ushers you to a back room that looks a bit sparse. You sit in the single metal folding chair. It'll be just a moment. She closes the door you came through. You notice there is only one other door in the room. Waiting is difficult for an agent like yourself. You're used to excitement, adventure, and mysteries around every corner. Finally, you stand up and try the door you came through. It's locked. You try the other door and find it open. The room it opens to isn't a security office, but a storage facility for future exhibits. You walk up the metal catwalk to get a better view. You see a shark tank nearby. Sharks must constantly swim to stay alive, a feeling which you're familiar with. You wonder what they feed the toothy beasts. You hear footsteps pounding on the metal grating, and turn to see Gemini rushing at you. Before you could remove your pistol, he has slammed you and knocked you into the shark tank. In one moment, you wished it had been a dolphin tank. But you hate dolphins. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 53 You wait outside of the theater for 20 minutes before tourists begin exiting. You spot Wilco and approach him. He notices you and silently signals for you to sit on a bench. You do and he joins you. What are you doing here? Wilco asks. I'm after the Kraken. I got a tip one of his assassins was here. He got away, but I think he was after you. You explain. 
How odd. That really doesn't add up, he muses. I'm only here because I got a mysterious call, but I don't think you'll believe me. Why not? You ask. Well, he sighs and then continues. The call came from Lockington. Look at him in disbelief. Lockington was just killed a few months ago by the Kraken. You attended his funeral. I know it's hard to understand, but I wanted to believe he was alive, so I came. He said he'd meet me here. Maybe it was someone with a voice simulator, or maybe he was here and left when he saw the assassin. I did trace the number to a payphone downtown, though. We could go investigate it. You just nod and think over the possibilities. It can't be a coincidence that Lockington told Wilco to meet him here, and that Gemini was here as well. Maybe Sanders can help you look into Lockington's files for any clues. Or you could go with Wilco to investigate the payphone where Lockington called from. To go back to base and get help from Sanders with investigating Lockington, skip to chapter 54. To go with Wilco to investigate the payphone downtown, skip to chapter 55. Chapter 54 You part ways with Wilco so you can investigate Lockington with the help of your boss, Sanders. When you arrive, Sanders is on the phone. Alright, keep me updated. He hangs up the phone and turns his attention to you. Well, you're really a dodge a messy situation. Wilco is in the hospital with severe burns after his car exploded. You'll have to tell me everything he told you. You get Sanders up to speed. Hmm. Well, if Lockington was a term coat, we'll find out. Sanders begins pulling up information on his computer, and a few interns come in with some folders. You and Sanders pour over the piles of physical and digital paper. After an hour, you've only come up with one thing that doesn't add up. Lockington was a simple man. Lived alone. Didn't make many investments. Except that he was invested in the Franklin Club. You tell Sanders this and ask what he has found. This report actually hit my desk just today. One of my other agents was checking on safe houses and noticed a light on of one of them. By the time he could get over there, the light was off and he couldn't see any signs of entry. We chalked it up to long hours, but it's actually a safe house that was assigned to Lockington before his demise. Maybe he's just hiding out there. To go to the Franklin Club, skip to chapter 44. To go to the safe house, skip to chapter 56. Chapter 55 Wilco, I'll come with you to check out that payphone, you proclaim. Great, we can take my car, Wilco says. You walk with him to the parking structure. He beeps open the doors and you sit in the passenger seat. Do you think Lockington could have arranged for that assassin? You ask as Wilco turns the key to start the car. Well, it seems unlikely, but... Wilco is interrupted by a large explosion under the car. Your last thought is about how this had to be the work of Gemini, desperate to finish the job. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 56 
you decide to investigate the safe house where Lockington could be hiding out. You formulate a plan to sneak up to the safe house. By the time you arrive at the unmarked dirt road that leads to the safe house cabin, the sun is already setting. You consult your communicator. All clear, a young woman's voice tells you. The security for all safe houses can be rerouted back to headquarters for immediate shutdown. All safe houses also have a self-destruct feature as a last resort. Wait, the woman's voice instructs. I've got a false positive. That safe house has been given the security override code. They've disconnected it from our system. You're going in blind. You confirm you understand and continue. Before you can reach the front door, a figure comes out of the house. It's a man and he turns just in time to see you. It's Lockington. He's really alive and standing 40 feet away from you. He sees you, but doesn't react. You have to approach him, but should you really trust him? To approach in a friendly way, skip to chapter 57. To approach with your weapon drawn, skip to chapter 58. Chapter 57 You slowly approach the agent you thought was dead. Greg? Hey, man. He motions for you to come closer. You came looking for me, didn't you? I didn't think you'd really be here. You say. Blockington motions to your ear and mouths the words. Are they listening? I just want to know how you're alive. I won't tell you how. I'll tell you why. Money. Haven't you ever wondered why we're paid so little at Crash? We risk our lives for the greater good, but who really benefits? The companies? Governments? <laughs> what about us? What about the people? Lockington paces. I was approached by the Kraken a year ago. He made me an offer, everything above board. No more mysterious missions that were kept in the dark about. I'm his partner now. And we're trying to make the world equal again. But what about the murders of innocent people? You ask. No one is innocent. I'm not. But I've changed. Those who refuse to change are removed. You can choose now to join me. We were friends once. To join Lockington and the Kraken... Skip to chapter 104. To refuse Lockington's offer, skip to chapter 105. Chapter 58. You're certain Lockington is up to no good. You draw your gun and approach. Drop whatever you're holding. You instruct him. Lockington very slowly reaches into his jacket and pulls out his gun. He throws it at you and runs away towards the forest. You chase after him. He's running towards a nearby small river. Before you have a clear shot, Lockington reaches into his pocket and a large explosion goes off behind you, knocking you down. He must have remotely set off the self-destruct in the safe house. When you wake up, you're being treated for your wounds on the outskirts of the former safe house. Operatives are searching all around the property for any sign of Lockington. Another agent hands you a communicator. It's Sanders. 
I expected better of you. Not only have we lost Lockington, but a rogue British agent managed to kill the Kraken tonight. The one bit of good luck is that we were able to capture Gemini when he went to finish off Wilco at the hospital. With any luck, Gemini will be able to tell us something about the Kraken's crime network. You could take the next month off, but then I think you'll be on death duty. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 59 The men's room is empty when you arrive. There is a bank of sinks to your left, and a mix of urinals and stalls to your right. The trash can is next to the sink. Gemini could have left a stuffed animal in the trash, or maybe behind a toilet in one of the stalls. To check the trash can, skip to chapter 60. To check the stalls, skip to chapter 61. Chapter 60 You're pretty sure the stuffed animal would be better hidden in the trash can than behind a toilet. You look directly into the metallic container and think how lucky it would be if you could see it right on top. Unfortunately, you have to stick an arm in and feel around. You do so and touch something soft at the bottom. You snag it and bring it up. It is a stuffed seal. You look it over and see it has been cut open. There is nothing inside now. But Gemini must have used this to secretly bring a weapon into the aquarium. You should find Wilco immediately and stop Gemini. You step outside of the men's room and walk towards the theater. As you walk through the crowd, someone catches your eye. You are certain you just saw someone who bore a striking resemblance to Lockington, your fellow agent who was murdered by the Kraken. He's now moving quickly for the exit. He turns and looks back, giving you a full view of his face. It is Lockington. You chase after him. You catch up to him in the parking structure. Excuse me, you say tentatively. He doesn't turn around. I just wanted to ask you a question, you shout. The man continues to walk forward, ignoring your words. Your communicator vibrates. You check and see it's a message from a secure line. It reads, Say nothing more. Get in the car. You have another message as well. Wilco managed to secure Gemini without your help, and has gotten some information from him. To get in the car with the man you think is Lockington, skip to chapter 62. To follow up with Wilco about Gemini's information, skip to chapter 99. Chapter 61 Gemini would think behind a toilet is the best place to hide the stuffed animal. You open the first stall and find nothing behind the toilet. The second stall has been used recently, but you are able to determine nothing is hidden there. The third stall is latched closed. When you entered, you determined you were alone. You look under the stall and don't see any feet or indication of occupation. You need to check the last stall even if it means kicking the door down. You put all of your mind into your kick as you destroy the stall door. Inside, a small child screams for his life. A woman appears at the entrance to the men's room and bellows, Timmy, are you okay? I'm coming in. 
There is simply no way to explain why you kick down the door of a bathroom stall with a child behind it. Security races in and takes you into custody. You're held until the police arrive. They take away your communicator and don't believe your credentials. The next morning you receive a call from Sanders. This mission is over. A rogue British agent was able to kill the Kraken last night. And I wish you'd been able to find him first. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 62 You silently enter the car with the mysterious man. When you look at him, it's unmistakable. Lockington didn't die that day. He's sitting right next to you. I don't know how you found me, but I'm certain you're going to regret it. Lockington says, Are you in deep cover? I hope I didn't reveal you to any enemies. You say, That's the thing. You're an enemy. The group you're working for, do you ever question them? Do they ever ask you to do anything without giving you all of the details? I grew tired of being someone else's pawn. I was made an offer that I couldn't refuse. I now work for someone who allows me more freedom than Crash ever did. I was going to make that offer to Wilco today, but you were always one step ahead of Wilco at the Academy. So I'll ask you, will you leave Crash and join me? You're certain that saying no will only mean your death. You have to admit, you've been tempted to question Crash and its tactics in the past. You have a feeling that Lockington is working with the Kraken now. No is not an option, but you don't have to sincerely join Lockington. To join Lockington but secretly work against him, Skip to chapter 63. To actually join Lockington, skip to chapter 64. Chapter 63. Great. I'll come pick you up in a few days. You need to finish this mission as best you can so they don't suspect anything. Lockington says. You meet up with Wilco and go to the Franklin Club to try to catch the Kraken. By the time you get there, he's dead in the alleyway. You fail to catch the shooter. When Sanders debriefs you, you manage to slip him a letter that explains what Lockington told you. You receive confirmation to pursue Lockington. A few days later, Lockington takes you to the safe house where he's been hiding out. He asks you to stay there for a few days while he finalizes everything. The safe house is actually part of Crash's network but has been removed from the system. When Lockington returns, he explains what is happening. If you didn't figure it out already, I was working for the Kraken. Since he was killed, I am now in charge, and to avoid confusion with others who reported to him, I will now take the title of Kraken. You simply nod. You know that thanks to the tracker and your communicator, that an elite squad of agents could be descending on your location at any moment. They'll wait until you've gathered enough information to take down all of the Kraken's assassins. You finally got the Kraken right where you want him. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1.
Chapter 64 Great. I'll come pick you up in a few days. You need to finish this mission as best you can so they don't suspect anything. Lockington says. You meet up with Wilco and go to the Franklin Club to try to catch the Kraken. By the time you get there, he's dead in the alleyway. You fail to catch the shooter. The next day, Sanders debriefs you. You hardly pay attention to what he is saying because you'll soon be rid of this organization. A few days later, Lockington takes you to the safe house where he's been hiding out. He asks you to stay there for a few days while he finalizes everything. The safe house is actually part of Crash's network, but has been removed from the system. When Lockington returns, he explains what is happening. If you didn't figure it out already, I was working for the Kraken. Since he was killed, I am now in charge, and to avoid confusion with others who reported to him, I will now take the title of Kraken. You simply nod. You're now an agent of Kraken. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 65 Ma'am, you turn to address the security guard. I didn't want to alarm you, but I'm a government agent. You flash your badge. And I need to check your security monitors. Oh well, sure, uh, have a seat. You sit down and notice the name on her badge says, Brittany. I'm sure you can figure out the controls and stuff. She notices you glancing at the monitor playing Bainbridge County. Oh, uh, sorry about that. This job is, like, so boring, and it's my favorite show. Even though I know Vanessa doesn't end up with Chad, I, I like to watch it over and over again. You try to keep your attention on where Gemini is going to next, but Brittany's yammering is distracting. You notice Gemini on one monitor labeled Theater, and then he moves off the screen. And it really reminds me of, like, when Vanessa dated a secret agent who was uh, killed off-screen trying to save President Carter. Brittany continues. On screen, you see Gemini being dragged out of the theater by Wilco. You rush to go help apprehend the would-be assassin. By the time you reach Wilco, several security guards are surrounding him and Gemini. You raise your badge above your head and ask the guards if there is somewhere you can hold Gemini for questioning. You ask Wilco to go make the call to headquarters and wait for backup to arrive. You're going to interrogate Gemini about where the Kraken is currently hiding. Skip to chapter 66. Chapter 66. Since the aquarium isn't normally used for holding deadly assassins, the security room isn't particularly secure. The security card Brittany offers to keep watch outside the door. Gemini, or should I call you... Jorge, you ask. He doesn't respond. I need you to tell me where the Kraken is. He remains silent. You're willing to sit in silence for a few minutes. Wait for him to panic. We know what he's doing, you bluff. You'll know nothing, Gemini shouts. He seems too confident. From your files, you know he's worked alone since his father died over ten years ago. But you still feel like this is a setup. Suddenly, Brittany shouts from outside the door. Hey! And you hear a thud. The door slams open, and an older man is standing before you. Ben Camingo, chaval, the old man says. It's Gemini's father. 
you have a split second to pull out your pistol and point it at one of the two men. To aim your gun at the old man, skip to chapter 67. To aim your gun at Gemini, skip to chapter 68. Chapter 67 Gemini is already handcuffed, so you think it's best to threaten the old man. Hands in the air! You shout. The old man slowly raises his arms, and you suddenly feel a tightness around your neck. Gemini has jumped up from his chair and is strangling you with his handcuffs. You instinctively pull the trigger and fight against the metal on your neck. Before you black out, you see that you did hit the old man, who has now collapsed on the floor, where you soon will be. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 68. Clearly this man is here to save Gemini. So you point your gun at your prisoner. The old man goes still. Por qué? Don't hurt him! He pleads. Then sit down and give me some answers, you demand, starting with where the Kraken is. The old man seems to consider this for a moment, and then says in a quiet voice, The Franklin Club. He's doing one last deal before leaving the country. Two police officers appear in the doorway of the room. You flash your badge and ask that they watch over the two men. You call up Sanders on the communicator and fill him in. Angel's eyelashes! Jimmy's father is alive! I thought he died in Guatemala. Huh. Agents, you've got to get to the Franklin Club and catch the Kraken. Go find Wilco. He can help you. Sanders blips out of the communicator screen. Skip to chapter 99. Chapter 69 You want to find Wilco and ask him why he's at the aquarium. You realize it'll be too difficult to spot Wilco in the dark theater, so you wait outside until the show is over. In the crowd streaming out, you spot Wilco by his light gray windbreaker. You catch his attention, and you move toward relative privacy to talk. Are you here on a mission? You ask him. No, actually I got a strange call asking me to meet here. Wilco explains. Who wanted to meet you here? You ask. Uh, now that's a strange part. It was, uh, it was Lockington. Or at least someone who sounded a lot like him. You can't believe what Wilco was saying. Could Lockington be alive? Why do you think he wanted to meet? You ask. I'm not sure. You tell Wilco about catching Gemini. We should interrogate him immediately. Wilco exclaims. Wait. He pauses. Did you come here to get me first because you thought I was in danger? Before you can answer, you spot Gemini across the aquarium with an older man. Whoever the older man is, he must have helped Gemini escape. You motion to Wilco and the two of you spring into action. You just have to let Wilco know which target you'll be taking down. To take down Gemini, skip to chapter 70. To take down the old man, skip to chapter 71.
Chapter 70 You motion to Wilco that you'll take down Gemini. Again. You get the drop on Gemini and don't hesitate to strike him with the butt of your gun. He hits the ground, you see that Wilco is down too. Could the old man have knocked him out? Suddenly the old man is coming at you. You react quickly and shoot him in the leg. This slows him down enough for you to handcuff him. You call Sanders for a cleanup crew. That older man is Gemini's father, Francisco Jimenez. He was known as the Monk. I thought he died in Guatemala. What now? You ask. Bring them back to headquarters, and we'll question them there. Sanders says definitively. You meet with Sanders, and he already has news. Gemini revealed that the Kraken will be at the Franklin Club tonight. You can take Wilco with you or fly solo. Either way, you're going to the Franklin Club. To go to the Franklin Club with Wilco, skip to chapter 99. To go to the Franklin Club alone, skip to chapter 100. Chapter 71 You motion to Wilco that you'll take down the older man. You time your approach so that both targets are surprised simultaneously. You pull your gun on the older man and say, Sir, I'm going to need you to put your hands behind your head. It looks like he doesn't understand. Maybe he didn't hear you. You're not sure why Gemini would be working with this man. He's old enough to be Gemini's father. You move closer to repeat your instruction. I said... The man reaches out like a bolt of lightning and rips your gun from your hand. With his other hand, he strikes your head, knocking you out. As you lose consciousness, you regret underestimating this man because of his age. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 72 you want to take a direct approach and enter through the front. You hide your gun under the front seat of your car and go to the line for the Franklin Club. After about 30 minutes, the security guard pats you down and you enter. You scan the room for any private areas where the Kraken would be doing business. You notice a stairwell that no one is going up. You find a spot at the bar where you have full view of the stairs, just in case the Kraken is hiding on a higher floor. Your patience is rewarded when a man in a dark suit comes downstairs, followed by an older man in a lighter suit. You recognize the Kraken and what must be a security guard. You notice they're heading toward the back of the club, presumably to take a secret exit. You follow at a distance. When you see them go into the kitchen entrance, you realize you could probably cut them off if you went out the front and ran around the back. You push and shove your way back to the entrance and hurry around the corner. Down the alley, you see where the kitchen entrance lets out. Just as you come up to the dumpster before the service entrance, you hear a woman shout, You will pay for this, Kraken! Followed by several gunshots. You would be surprised if the shooter missed her target. You approach to find the Kraken on the ground. She had also managed to win the Kraken's guard. You pull your pistol on the woman and quickly shout, Drop your weapon! I'm with the U.S. government! She seems to hesitate, but drops her gun before you can make a second warning. Next day, you're being debriefed by Sanders. She was a rogue British agent, he explains. She was on a mission of revenge, which clearly clashed with her own goal of capturing the Kraken and rooting out his network of diabolical deviants. Well, what now? you ask. 
We'll just have to wait for someone in the Kraken's network to make a move. It could take months. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 73 You decide to go for a stealthy approach. You'll be able to get close to the Kraken without him realizing. You grab your waiter outfit from the trunk and change in the car. You quickly find the kitchen entrance and try to blend in with the others. You grab a tray of drinks and food and ask who it's for. Someone shouts a table number to you and you head out the door. Once you're in the actual club, you scan the room for the most likely place the Kraken would be seated. You notice a stairwell heading up to a room with a window overlooking the club. You can't see in the window, but you think that's where a shady underground assassin would be sitting. You go up the stairs carrying the tray. With your free hand, you check that your gun is still secure. You open the door and whatever conversation was happening in the room has stopped. We didn't order anything. The older man sitting in a large plush chair says to you. You must be the Kraken. Sitting across from him is a man in a dark suit, probably his guard. Compliments of the club, you lie. You set the drinks on the table and use that as cover to remove your pistol. You point it at the Kraken and tell the other man to set his guns on the table. He does so very slowly. I don't know how you found me. I even had a man inside your organization to throw you off, the Kraken says. You're not sure if he's bluffing to confuse you or actually making a confession. You use your communicator to call for backup before you put the Kraken and his guard in cuffs. The next day, Sanders debriefs you. The Kraken was working with one of our men. Gregory Lockington faked his own death to work for the enemy. You can't believe it. You knew Lockington and would never have suspected this of him. So now, Agent, Sanders says, we've caught the Kraken and must go after his men, starting with Lockington. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 74 The Kraken used a custom pistol which you have traced to weapons manufacturer Anton Chikrikov. He's acted as an informant for Crash on several other missions. Chikrikov works out of a suburban house in Washington Grove. You drive to his headquarters and walk up to his door. There is an intercom at the front door and a security camera above. You wave at the camera and press the call button on the intercom. Ooh, you again. Ugh. Come on, fine. I'll buzz you in. The gruff voice crackles out of the speaker. You hear a click on the door lock, and you enter. The suburban house's living room is disheveled. Cardboard boxes and empty crates litter the path to the back of the house. Come on back. I'm in my office. Chikrikov is weary from too many years in the business. He's only allowed to keep making weapons because he feeds information to the CIA, and he is too greedy to quit the business. You enter the office to find Chikrikov typing at a laptop. You notice a paper on the desk that has Lockington written on it. Chikrikov nonchalantly gathers the papers on his desk and puts them in a folder. He closes his laptop. What do you want? He asks. To ask about the Kraken, skip to chapter 75. To ask about the paper with Lockington written on it, skip to chapter 87.
Chapter 75 Have you recently been in contact with a man known as the Kraken? You ask Canton. He pauses for a moment and takes a breath. Hmm. I know of this man. He has purchased weapons from me in the past. Before I worked with your country. Hmm. You reply. So you haven't heard from him recently? No, that is what I'm telling you. He is more persistent. And you've kept us current with your clients? You're not hiding anyone? The questions seem rude, but he is a criminal after all. Reformed or not. No. You can tell he's being stubborn. It must be some payday he's been promised. You can follow up by asking about the specific weapon that Anton made for their Kraken, or you can keep pushing Anton if you think he's lying. To ask about the specific weapon Anton made for the Kraken, skip to chapter 76. If you think Anton is lying and to continue questioning him on the subject, skip to chapter 81. Chapter 76 Do you still have the schematic on the Kraken's signature weapon? You ask? Yes. It's in my file cabinet over here. Anton procures the folder and places it in front of you. You've read a thorough analysis before, but haven't had the chance to check the file with your own eyes. You leaf through the papers and discover the bullets don't match what have been found in recent killings. You're sure this is the gun? You ask exasperatedly. Anton nods. Well, it, it's not a match, and if you haven't made another weapon since this one, then it's not one of yours that he's using. Anton almost lets out a sigh of relief. He's too relieved to be an innocent man. Perhaps you would know another gun seller who would sell to the Kraken? You ask Anton. Maybe Charles Minderfell, he replies. A bit stuck up. Definitely rewards clients with all kind of things they don't need, like laser sights. Ah. You're just looking to get caught that way. You remember that Anton had a feud with Minderfell a while back. Minderfell stole a bunch of his clients and lied about Anton's loyalty to his customers. Have you been in contact with him recently? You ask. Not really. He answers. Charles and I have our differences in opinion and that keeps us apart. Despite our shared interests. You think the answer is too cryptic to really mean anything. They were probably just old friends who had a falling out. Reminds you of your own relationship to Gregory Lockington. You were both training around the same time, but in the past year, he'd grown distant. You could reminisce the story to Anton and see if it'll get him to talk about why he had a paper with Lockington's name on it. Or you could ask if Anton has made any weapons for Jorge Gemini Jimenez. To reminisce about Lockington to find out why Anton hit that paper, Skip to chapter 77. To ask if Anton made any guns for Jorge Gemini Jimenez, skip to chapter 80. Chapter 77. You know, that reminds me of someone I used to know. You begin. He and I were close at first, at the academy. We were fast rivals. Could have been friends, but the competition was exciting. In the end, we both had our strengths and weaknesses, which made neither of us the victor to the rivalry. You pause for a second, remembering this actually is bringing out deep emotions. 
You continue. We had a falling out. Didn't really talk much while on assignments. And then finally, he lost. And I lost too. Lost a friend. He old back a tear at me and Anton's eyes. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if you knew. But the Kraken... The Kraken killed Gregory Lockington just last month. And I haven't really dealt with it yet. Anton looks away. He seems ashamed. He looks at you and then behind you. You recognize shock in his eyes. You look behind you to see Lockington. Alive. You weren't sure that you'd react this way, except that you just thought of your old friendship. I never knew you thought of me as a friend. As a true equal. He says, Anton, leave us, please. Lockington then motions for you to sit and joins you. I'm going to do you a favor. Don't follow the trail on this. I will give you the information on the Kraken that you need. Great, you interrupt. But... He continues, Not at this moment. In three days, I could send you a rather thick file with all the information you need to put the Kraken away. This will be my gift to you. You can accept this on his terms and hope that it all works out, or you can try and push Luckington to give you the information now. If you want to accept this offer and hope it all works out, skip to chapter 78. If you want to renegotiate with Luckington to get the information now, skip to chapter 79. Chapter 78 I think we have a deal. You shake Lockington's hand. He's really there. It still kind of amazes you. I'm going now. In ten minutes, you can leave and do whatever you want. I'd appreciate it if you left my name out of this. They'll send the proof to the office. He gets up and leaves without another word. You wait as he asked, and then go to your car. When you make it back to HQ... You've come up with something that would probably satisfy Sanders. You walk into his office, and he stares aghast. What in the name of Uncle Sam are you doing here? He asks. I've made an arrangement with a source to give us proof of the Kraken's various crimes. You explain. What source? Don't be bringing me on any goose chases with you. Sanders shouts. I trust this source. We'll get the information within three days. With that, you leave the office. Three days later, Sanders calls you to his office. Urgent? I can't believe it, but your source came through. Our intel told us that the Kraken left the country that night, but now we've got him. Sanders is actually smiling. He shakes your hand enthusiastically. You've caught the Kraken. Chapter 79 Look, Greg, I'm not really in any position to make that deal. Maybe you can give me some of the information now. And after we confirm that we can't... You're cut off by Lockington. No, I can't do that. It's either my way or nothing. Lockington is very firm on this. You move to get up and he commands... Stay. Lockington stands and seems to be considering the situation. Well... At least no one will believe that you saw me. This is going to hurt. He punches you and you try to stand and fight. He punches you again and you're knocked to the ground. The next time you open your eyes, it is dark. You are moving, but not on your own accord. 
You feel what you can and realize you're in the trunk of a car. Your hands and legs are tied. There is a bag over your head. After an hour or so, the car stops. You hear the trunk open and feel a slight breeze. A hand grabs your arm and pulls you out of the trunk. You stagger around, listening for any other clues to what is around you. The ground beneath you crunches in a way that suggests sand, but you don't hear the crashing of waves. Then you hear the car driving away. You're now alone, tied up, blind and lost. You've got a long way to go back home. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 80 I've made one gun for Senor Jimenez just two weeks ago. Yes, it was a rush order, in fact. He paid nearly twice what I normally charge just to hold that cold steel in his hands. Anton reveals. You're surprised. You'd think that someone would connect the dots between the Kraken and Gemini and check both of their recent buys. You look over the paperwork and notice something odd. The gun is extremely similar to the Kraken's signature weapon. In fact, the guns would appear identical to most people holding them. You're fairly certain, though, that this weapon is the one the Kraken is now using to eliminate its targets. You've got to get back to HQ and let Sanders know that catching Gemini is priority one. Skip to chapter 86. Chapter 81. You lean back in your chair and smile at Anton. Look, you know I'm not asking a favor. If we even think you're lying to us, you are done. Anton looks away for a moment and then laughs quietly. <laughs> you American spies think you have all the answers, that you know everything. Then what do you need me for? I think you will trust me now because I am telling the truth, and you have no choice but to accept it. You hate how smug he seems. He is hiding something. Maybe you could scare it out of him with a physical threat. Or you can just continue questioning him. You could probably find something fishy in his clients over the past month. To make a physical threat to him, skip to chapter 82. To ask about his clients over the past month, Skip to chapter 83. Chapter 82. You stand up suddenly, but Anton doesn't scare that easy. You circle the desk and lean in close to him. You should never feel comfortable. Without us, you'd be in jail. Or dead. You growl. You should know I only let people I trust into my house. Government agent or not, and now you are pushing your luck. You pull your pistol on Anton and shove it in his chest. You think this is about luck? You shout, This is about the choices we make. And now you have to make a choice. Spill the beans, or... You are interrupted by another voice from the hallway. Or what, agent? You are absolutely shocked to hear the voice of Lockington. 
You turn to see your former colleague standing in front of you holding a gun. On you. What? You ask, not knowing what answer could satisfy that question. Please, not here, Gregory. I don't want to have to move again. Anton begs Lockington. You start to have an idea of what is going on. Fine. Now, Agent, drop your weapon and come with me. Lockington demands. You can comply with what Lockington is asking and hope to get some information from him. Or you can make a last-ditch effort to escape. To comply with Lockington, skip to Chapter 84. To make a final escape, skip to Chapter 85. Chapter 83 Even if he is lying, you can't seem to get the truth out of him. You could go over his last few clients and see if any of them stand out. All right, Mr. Chikrikov, I'll leave the matter be, you say. But let's go over your last few customers. But I send in my paperwork on time. He's defensive. Still, you rebut, I'd like to go over them with you. Here, you do keep those records close? Yes, yes. He grumbles as he goes to the file cabinet behind him. He pulls out a folder labeled with today's month and year. He hands it to you, and you pull out the first pile of papers. Now, this is a device for... Spider? You ask, not recognizing the association's acronym. Yes, Spider. You know, Society for the Preservation and... Oh, right. You cut him off. That organization is a bit shady, but nothing too alarming. Certainly no ties to the Kraken. The second file in the folder is listed for Gregor McGregor. Something doesn't strike you quite right about this name. You look closely at the file and notice the name was written here before, and removed. You glance at Anton, and notice he is nervous at your scrutiny. The weapon is fairly plain though. Nothing matches the Kraken's gun. Anton, I know your work is better than this. What name was on the document before? He sputters a bit and snatches the papers from your hands. You dare accuse me of lying on my own paperwork. I take much offense to this unjust pointing of fingers. I can't even begin to feel embarrassment for you as you are mistaken. You get the feeling like Anton is trailing on and on, stalling for something. You look to your right just in time to see a cord fling over your head. You are being strangled by an unknown assailant. You are able to grasp the cord just slightly with the tips of your fingers. Through your struggle you notice Anton isn't moving. You attempt to stand, but are held down. As your consciousness slips by, you can only wonder who has killed you. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 84 You drop your gun and Lockington motions you to follow him. He walks you into an empty room and demands you kneel away from him. But I thought you were dead. You ask, a final attempt at clarity. I wasn't. But now you are. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter 1. Chapter 85 You will not give up so easily. Behind Anton is a window leading to his side yard. You don't even think beyond getting out of the house. 
you swiftly duck and charge at the window. You hear two bullets fire from Lockington's gun as you tuck and roll through the shattering glass. After you land in the grass, you pick yourself up and bolt for your car. You don't even waste time to look back and see if anyone is chasing. You speed down the street, straight back to headquarters. Skip to chapter 86. Chapter 86 You walk through the various security barriers past the lead doors of headquarters. You and Sanders meet to discuss what you know and what you think. Lockington is alive, but not with Crash anymore, Sanders says. We've got Gemini, and he's given us the location of the Kraken, at least for tonight. I strongly recommend you go after the Kraken. At this point, Lockington is an annoyance, but one we can take care of later. Wilco was the agent who caught Gemini. He could go with you to the Franklin Club, Kraken's apparent meeting place tonight. To bring Wilco with you to the Franklin Club, skip to chapter 99. To go to the Franklin Club alone, skip to chapter 100. Chapter 87. You decide to ask. What are all those papers for? Just my normal business, he says casually. He puts a hand on the folder holding those papers. Why did one of them say Lockington on it? You ask. Uh, what do you mean? He answers, playing dumb. You know what you saw. You might have to trick him into telling you. You could convince him to leave the room and then check the papers yourself. Or you could lie to him about who Lockington is and read his expression to tell if he knows something. Try to convince Anton to leave the room, skip to chapter 88. To just grab the folder off his desk and read the documents, skip to chapter 89. Chapter 88 Oh Anton, you say innocently, were you expecting a package? I saw a box on your doorstep. What? He scrambles to his monitor. I don't see anything on the security camera. Oh, it was directly below it. You lie casually. Anton gets up and moves at a quick pace to his front door. Couldn't even grab it? He grumbles. This gives you just fleeting seconds to open the folder and thumb through the files. When you open it, you're able to find the page about Lockington. They are forms for transferring money from overseas accounts. Maybe that's why the Kraken killed him. For money? No, there's something more here. A death certificate? Anton does master forgeries as well as weapons customization, but why would Lockington need a forged death certificate? You quickly snap a few pictures of these files with your communicator. You hear Anton's voice down the hallway. He sounds like he's talking to someone. You could move down the hallway and eavesdrop. You could just sit and wait for him to return. He could just be on a private phone conversation. To go eavesdrop on Anton, skip to chapter 90. To sit and wait, skip to chapter 92. Chapter 89 You look at the folder for just a second before you make up your mind to take it. As you stand, you reach out and grab the folder, but Anton has your hand. His grip is actually stronger than you expected. Oh no, stupid American, 
You do not get to take my things without asking. While he holds your hand, he reaches with his other hand into his desk drawer and pulls out a knife. He then stabs your hand, pinning it to the desk. You squelch a scream. He lets go of your hand and grabs the folder. I get very tired of your government coming in here and asking me too many questions. It makes my work messier than it should be. He begins to pace. My clients have needs, one of those needs is privacy. I can't keep working if all of their secrets will be out. You'll see my problem here. You must try talking down the mad Russian before resorting to more violence. Anton, listen. You've made a huge mistake here. There's no need to make this worse. Anton looks at your hand at the damage he has done. He panics. You could see his eyes darting around the room. He's looking for a way out. Look at me. You shout. He stops and looks at you. Good. Now you have to help me. Who did you sell the gun to? Who is the Kraken? Before he can answer, he looks over your shoulder and shouts, Get down! You duck behind the chair you were sitting in, and you hear gunshots going over your head. Anton pulls a shotgun out from under the desk and returns fire. A few more shots are fired, but then the gun is dropped. Anton goes around your chair to check on the body. You cautiously get up and look behind the chair to see Lockington on the ground. Your former colleague was alive, and attacking Anton. That man was paying me to cover up some deals. They will tell you everything, show your agency all of my files. I'm glad to be rid of that man, Anton explains. You bandage your hand before calling for assistance from Crash. Back at headquarters after Anton has been questioned, you meet with Sanders in his office. You know, Agent, what I can't figure out is why Lockington was even there in the first place. If what all Anton said is true, Lockington might have been more dangerous than the Kraken. Even with this new information, nothing points to the Kraken's next move. Hmm, we have no further leads on the Kraken. And if Lockington knew anything, he isn't telling now. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 90 You slowly get up from your chair and sneak down the hallway. You can hear Anton talking to someone else in a hushed tone. You find the room he is in and stick outside the door. You overhear the conversation. I'm telling him nothing, you don't have to worry. Let me take care of him. He'll be gone soon. Anton sounds like he's pleading. Make it quick. The other man's voice says. It sounds familiar, like you know the speaker personally. Tonight is very important to me and the Kraken. Your interest has peaked. You realize that whoever this is, they sound like Lockington. No matter who he is, he clearly knows where the Kraken is hiding. If you return to Anton's office, you can make an excuse to leave and wait for this man to leave and follow him to the Kraken. Or you can go into the room right now and take both men in for questioning. To leave and wait for the other man, skip to chapter 93. To go into the room and take the men into custody, skip to chapter 91. Chapter 91 You barge into the room and point your gun at the first person you see. You see Anton and then glance at the other man in the room. It's Lockington. You manage to shout, Don't move! Another man makes a move. 
You aim your gun from Anton to Lockington, not sure what to do next. I'm not sure how you're still alive, you say to Lockington. But I heard you two talking about the Kraken. So that makes you both hostiles in my eyes. You look poignantly at Lockington. In this moment, Anton attempts his escape. You're able to turn and shoot him once in the leg before he can reach the door. You hear a shot and feel a burn in your gut. Lockington fired at you. You return the fire and hit him once in the chest and once in the arm. He drops his gun and falls to the ground. You check that Anton isn't going anywhere and call up Sanders on the communicator. I've got an agent down and new information. Lockington is alive and considered hostile. Several hours later after backup has arrived and the evidence has been collected, Sanders debriefs you from the hospital. Is it? I can't believe it. You went looking for information on the Kraken and found our dead agent. I'm not sure how he fits into this, but we'll be able to ask him soon. He had to go into surgery immediately, but we expect he'll be talking by tomorrow. But from those papers that you discovered, we can assume he worked with the Kraken to flick his death. Agent Wilco was at the DC Aquarium and apprehended Gemini. We should be able to use intel from Gemini, Anton, and Lockington to catch the Kraken. You've done well, Agent. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 92 As you sit and wait, you notice that Anton's cell phone is sitting on his desk. That means whoever he is talking to is actually in the house. This could be bad for you, but whoever it is has lost the element of surprise. A few moments pass and you tense up, expecting trouble. You hear a door slam, and Anton enters the room again. He looks a bit shaken. I'm sorry, I, I did not see a package. Now, what were we talking about? He asks. You can tell that Anton isn't pleased to be hiding this other person in the house. Perhaps he can get him to give up their identity. Without speaking, you grab a sheet of blank paper from Anton's desk and scrawl, Who is here? Anton reads your words and hesitates. Then he writes two words, Lockington and Kraken. He draws an arrow from Kraken to Lockington. Putting this together with the fake death certificate you saw, you deduce that Lockington faked his death and is working for the Kraken. There is a pang of sadness when you think of a fellow agent defecting. At this point, you could leave and wait in your car for Lockington, or you could send word to Sanders immediately about this development and get backup. To wait for Lockington to leave, skip to chapter 93. To call for backup immediately, skip to chapter 94. Chapter 93 You thank Anton for his help and go to your car. You settle in for a long wait. You're fairly certain Anton's HQ doesn't have any secret exits. Anyone entering or leaving has to come through that front door. You review the facts. Lockington isn't dead. He faked his death. The Kraken is now using Lockington for some purpose, perhaps. Before your thoughts can go any deeper, you see a car pulling out of Anton's driveway. You see the driver briefly, and it is definitely Lockington. You recognize he is driving towards a safe house you've used once before. He must have taken refuge there after faking his death. It might be wise to contact Sanders and see if he can check the safe house. 
or you can check the safe house yourself without contacting headquarters. To contact Sanders and ask his help with the safe house, skip to chapter 95. To approach the safe house by yourself, skip to chapter 96. Chapter 94 You motion for Anton to hold on for a moment. You send the images of the Lockington documents to Sanders, along with a typed message. You need a backup at Anton's. Verify these documents. Lockington working with Kraken. When you hit send, you see Anton duck under his desk. You turn just in time to see Lockington enter the room, armed and dangerous. Anton! He shouts. Get out from under that desk. Anton stands up, now holding a shotgun. He fires haphazardly at Lockington, who fires back, but misses. Lockington hits the ground, and you take his gun. He'll survive his wounds. When backup arrives, you fill in Sanders. Well, Agent, we'll interrogate Lockington the best we can. Agent Wilco was able to capture Gemini at the aquarium, but I'd wager that Lockington knows more. We'll catch the Kraken someday. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 95 You park your car a few miles away from the safe house, which is at the end of an unmarked dirt road. Sanders appears on your communicator screen. You tell him what you've seen. Rich spotted zebras! Allow our team check that safe house. You hold on the line. A few minutes later, Sanders returns. Yes, that safe house has been compromised. If Lockington is there, we'll catch him. But Agent, I have to know. Why did you go off your mission? We're certainly going to lose the Kraken now. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 96 You're a great agent, and can handle this by yourself. Also, Sanders might not appreciate you going off your mission to follow up the ghost of a fellow agent. You approach the safe house hiding behind some nearby trees. You see no lights on, but the car is parked outside. Before you can get closer, you hear the front door open and close. You see through your communicator zoom feature the man walking over to the car. It is most certainly Lockington. In your shock, you drop your communicator. Lockington looks in your direction. He pulls out a holstered pistol. Show yourself, he shouts. You stay quiet. I know you're there. There is nowhere to run. He shouts again. You can reveal yourself and hope that this is all some strange misunderstanding. Or you can stay hidden and hope he leaves. To reveal yourself, skip to chapter 97. To stay hidden and hope he leaves, skip to chapter 98. Chapter 97 You slowly stand up, keeping your hands visible. What are you doing here? Lockton asked. You explain how you followed him from Anton's place. I knew it was a risk going there, but... Lockington trails off. That's fine. 
I'm sure you're wondering why I'm here not six feet under. And I'll tell you why. Money. Haven't you ever wondered why we're paid so little at Crash? We risk our lives for the greater good. But who really benefits? Companies? Governments? <laughs> what about us? What about the people? Lockington Paces. I was approached by the Kraken a year ago. He made me an offer. Everything above board. No more mysterious missions that were kept in the dark about. I'm his partner now. And we're trying to make the world equal again. But what about the murders of innocent people? You ask. No one is innocent. I'm not. But I've changed. Those who refuse to change are removed. You can choose now to join me. We were friends once. To join Lockington and the Kraken, skip to chapter 104. To refuse Lockington's offer, skip to chapter 105. Chapter 98. You stay down and hold your breath. You hear Lockington take one more step forward before his phone rings. Hello? He answers. He's where? We need to pull this off tonight. I'll be meeting with him before I can go. You hear Lockington walk back to the car and drive off. Now is your chance to search the house. You input the code on the keypad next to the door. The yellow light indicates you've entered the wrong code and have 30 seconds before headquarters are notified about the intrusion. You think you've entered the right code, but if Lockington has been hiding here, you could have changed it somehow. You have 15 seconds now until headquarters is made aware of your mistake, which is simply embarrassing, not deadly. You'll just have to explain why you're here instead of trying to find the Kraken. As the last five seconds tick by, you realize if Lockington could change the code, could he also change the security system's reaction to a wrong code? As you turn to run from the house, it explodes and the debris covers you. You might survive if help comes quickly. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to chapter one. Chapter 99 The Kraken is at the Franklin Club. Well, that's not unusual, but our lead is solid. We should get a move on it, Wilco says. You tell Wilco that you'll drive. He always picks a flushy car, and you want to be inconspicuous. As you drive, Wilco chuckles to himself. You know, I was only at the aquarium because I got a strange phone call. When I traced it, the call came from a phone booth near the Franklin Club. I wonder if it's connected. You did think that Wilco and Gemini being in the same place at the same time was more than a coincidence. You park a few blocks away from the club and start walking down back alleys. You come up with a loose plan to wait for the Kraken to leave the club before trying to catch him. Before you could split up with Wilco outside the club, he motions to a woman standing by the back door of the Franklin Club. Does she look familiar to you? Yes. I feel like I've seen a picture during a debriefing. The woman has dark hair and fair skin. She doesn't look out of the ordinary. Perhaps a bit shaken by something. She keeps looking around as if she's waiting for someone to leave the club. She hasn't noticed you. 
You offer to go over to the woman and see if you can figure her out. It's up to you, Agent, Wilco says. To go up to the woman and talk to her, skip to chapter 101. To ignore the woman and stick to the plan, skip to chapter 103. Chapter 100 You park down the block from the Franklin Club. Since you're alone, your best bet is to keep an eye on the back entrances of the club. You find a nice, secluded spot in the alleyway. You notice a woman is waiting by the kitchen entrance. You're worried she might get in the way and be used as a human shield. Before you can ask her to leave the area, the back door opens and two men step out. The older one in the light gray suit is a Kraken. The other man must be his bodyguard. You raise your gun and step out of hiding. The bodyguard drops to the ground with the sound of a gunshot, but not your own. The woman has sprung into action for no good reason that you can tell. She seems to grab the old man and bring him closer before shooting him. Drop your weapon, you shout at her. This could be part of a deal gone wrong, or she could be innocent of everything but killing these two men. Either way, you'll take her in and let Sanders figure it out. The next day, Sanders debriefs you. That woman was a rogue British agent. They'll deal with her for what she's done. The Kraken will never kill another one of our fine operatives. But we'll also have to wait for his network to make a move. I expect you to act quicker next time, agent. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 101 Excuse me, miss? You ask the woman. Do you have a light? She looks at you suspiciously. She then notices Wilco standing 30 feet away. Do I know you? She asks. Her British accent catches you by surprise. Oh, wait a tick. I know your friend over there. Yeah, we had a mission together a few years ago in Paris. You're both here after the Kraken, aren't you? You're shocked at her candor. I think you have me confused for someone else. I just... Yeah, yeah, sure. She interrupts. I'm trying to be above board here. Well, we all want the Kraken out of the picture. If you just leave me be, I'll make that happen. She knows you're another agent, and you understand her meaning. The Kraken has killed many agents, but Sanders thinks he is part of a bigger crime syndicate. If you let this woman kill the Kraken, You'll never be able to shut down his colleagues. But no one but this woman would know that you allowed her to kill the Kraken. To stop her from killing the Kraken, skip to chapter 102. To let her continue with her plan, skip to chapter 103. Chapter 102 Even if that is your mission, you say to her, I can't let you do that. You grab her arm and stick your pistol in her ribs. I'm going to ask you to come over here with your old buddy and sit still. Oh, wait! She shouts. She continues in a whisper, Please let me be the one to finish him off. It's what he deserves after killing me mum. She appears to be holding back tears. What's going on? 
Wilco says. He noticed the commotion and came over to help. Oh, I remember you now. You're, uh, you're with the British agents, the getting gangsters, right? Listen, I know the Kraken is going to exit here very soon. If you're going to kill him, let me do it. She pleads. Uh, sorry, we need him alive. Wilco explains. Give me your gun and we can let you go. I don't think you want your superiors to know you've gone rogue. She agrees. Reluctantly. And you're not sure of Wilco's decision. But you've got to focus on the task at hand. You both watch the British agent walk away, and then turn your attention back to the club's back exit. After waiting about half an hour, two men come out of the club, both in suits, one older than the other. You and Wilco spring into action and capture the two men without firing one bullet. The next day, Sanders debriefs you. Agent, you've done some wonderful work. I'm especially proud of your teamwork with Wilco. We're investigating his mysterious caller. But in the meantime, we've got the Kraken in isolation under their deepest security. You've earned some time off before your next mission. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 103 She's nothing to worry about, you tell Wilco. You and Wilco stay out of sight, but keep your attention turned to the club exit. The woman doesn't move away from the door. The back door opens and two men exit, both wearing suits, one older than the other. Before you and Wilco can spring into action and capture the Kraken, the woman moves to take out the first man. You hear the gunshots echo. You point your gun at the Kraken. Wilco points his at the woman. Hey, stop! Drop the gun! Wilco shouts at the woman. She is holding the Kraken with a gun to his head. She seems to whisper something to him before finishing him off. She then throws her gun to the ground and gives herself up. Wilco handcuffs her, and you radio headquarters. The next day, Sanders debriefs you. Agent, you let a rogue British agent get the best of you. We have her in for questioning, but that really strains our relationship with Bang. I'm afraid you failed your mission today. You'll never know who else was working with the Kraken. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 104 Yes, you say with a heavy heart. You've always wondered why the agents of Crash are treated as if they were expendable, and the executives never change. Maybe you can change everything with the help of the Kraken. He is powerful, and perhaps misunderstood. That night, the Kraken is murdered by a rogue British agent. Under these conditions, Lockington is now in charge of all operations that the Kraken oversaw. To avoid confusion with other agents of the Kraken, Lockington takes on that title. You are now the right-hand man in the organization you were opposing just last week. Eventually, you fake your death as well, and become fully undercover with the Kraken. Perhaps someday in the future, history will show you as doing the right thing, setting right the wrongs of the past. For now, you can only question if you did the best you could. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1.
Chapter 105 No, you say with conviction. You've been a loyal agent of Crash for over five years. It shocks you that Lockington would defect this way. You're prepared for him to react badly to your answer and quickly draw your pistol. You fire off a few shots and jump behind the trees. You're hit right in the gut and drop to the ground. Before you lose consciousness, you're able to hit the emergency button on your communicator. The next day, you're in a hospital bed. Sanders is by your side. You explain everything that happened before you were shot. Wonderful job, Agent. We were able to prick up Lockton before he died for real this time. We'll get him to reveal everything he knows about the Kraken. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Chapter 106 You go to check the room where the fighting occurred. You see a large Hispanic man on the floor, knocked out. The woman must have beat him up. From the strewn chair parts and rope, you're guessing she was his captive. Your communicator vibrates. Urgent! Sanders barks. Wilco was able to capture Gemini at the aquarium. You should come back to headquarters to help interrogate him. You confirm and turn to leave the room. Your leg is caught on something. It's the man on the floor. He has grabbed your leg. Hey, you have my son! He shouts. I'll have to take you to trade. He pulls you to the ground, which knocks the air out of your lungs. Before you can breathe again, he has a gun on you. He ties you up and takes your communicator. He's able to contact Sanders and make the deal. That evening, you are taken out of the beach house with a bag over your head. You're not sure where, but at least an hour's drive away, you finally step out of the car. The bag is pulled off your head, and you see Sanders across the way with Gemini. You and Gemini pass each other. Once you reach Sanders, he unties you. You may have botched this, Agent, but Wilco was able to follow a lead on the Kraken. Go back to the base and I'll debrief you in the morning. Sanders commands. The next day, you walk into Sanders' office. He looks disappointed. Wilco was able to find the Kraken at the Franklin Club, thanks to Gemini's information. But the Kraken... Well, the Kraken was dead. We believe he was killed by a rogue British agent. Next time, don't get kidnapped. This path ends here. To pick another path, return to Chapter 1. Out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. Hi, I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Phil Vecchio. And we are the hosts of Radio Brendo Man on the Benview Network. We talk about all kinds of stuff on our podcast. Like what? Like toys and movies and video games and books and other stuff. Poo. Talk about poo? Definitely talk about poo. And you, if, you, if that sounds cool to you and we talk about it every week, go to RadioBrendo.com or go to our page on BenviewNetwork.com. And yeah, thanks a lot. 
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.